the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. The series is entitled Ford. You might say, well, that seems like a kind of a strange word. We've been going through some really difficult times in our, in our nation's history in terms of COVID. And it seems like there's some revving up of that at this particular time. Maybe it feels like that you're going more backward than forward. But what I want you to think with me about is how God is going to take your life, your family, your relationship with him forward in 2022. Because God's plan for your life is always forward. And I want to share with you three things tonight that will lay the foundation for this series together for the next several weeks. I want to talk to you about the fact that it's time for progress. It's all about progress in your life. So let's take a look at these three things together. The first one, I've already stated it in a certain sense, but here it is again for you. Progress is God's goal for your life. I looked up the word progress in the, uh, the Merriam-Webster uh, Dictionary, and the word progress, or uh, the idea of progress, is forward onward movement. It, it's a word that speaks about gradual betterment in your life, so you're developing to a higher or a better or a more advanced stage of life. The idea of progress is you're going in a direction that is bringing your life to a better point. There's an onward or forward momentum that happens in your life, so your life actually gets higher, better, or advances in some way. And the Bible is very clear that progress is God's goal for your life. Let's take a look at a few scriptures that remind us of this, so you'll understand this from a biblical perspective. Philippians chapter 1, verse 9, Paul is writing to the Philippian believers and says, This is my prayer that your love may do what? Abound, advance, we might use that word there, might grow. That your, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. So we see the principle of growth. Philippians chapter 3, again, the same book of the Bible, verses 12 through 14. Some of you will be familiar with this passage. Paul says, not that I've already obtained all this. He's talking about the perfection of spiritual maturity, or I've arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. And then he says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do. Notice one thing Paul says, I always make sure that I'm doing in my life, forgetting what is behind, and notice this, straining toward what is, what is ahead, what is forward, straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Here we find in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 15, be diligent, Paul writes to Timothy and says, be diligent in these matters, give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. progress. Is progress God's will for your life? 
Of course it is. One last verse I'll give you here related to this. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. All four of these passages point us to the idea, the principle that God is all about progress in your life. The passage of Scripture, actually the passages of Scripture that really prompted this series in my own heart are found in the book of Deuteronomy. I want to take you there in Deuteronomy chapter 1 in just a moment. You'll, you'll, you'll see something unfolding in these two sections of Scripture that I'm about to share with you that have the same theme to them. When the children of Israel, the Hebrews, uh, were delivered from slavery as Moses led them out of Egyptian slavery across the Red Sea, and he moves them toward a very key point in their journey. He took them to a place called Mount Sinai. Anyone remember Mount Sinai? Well, Mount Sinai was the place where God did something incredible. God gave his people the Ten Commandments there. This great thing called the Ten Commandments happened at a place called Mount Sinai. And the children of Israel stayed at Mount Sinai for an extended period of time as God began to unfold for them his laws. The moral law, which is wrapped up in the Ten Commandments, the ceremonial law, or the laws of worship that they were to use, and also the civil law. He gives them all three of these kinds of laws while they're there at Mount Sinai. But there came a point that God said, okay, you've been here long enough. Take a look with me at this passage in Deuteronomy chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. There at Mount Horeb or Mount Sinai, the Lord our God said to us at Horeb or Sinai, you have stayed long enough at this mountain. Break camp and do what? When I read that, it really struck me in a way like perhaps it had never struck me before that God spoke to his people and said, you have stayed long enough at this mountain. It's time to break camp and it's time to advance. It's time to go forward. And God says, you've been around this mountain long enough. I've accomplished my purpose for you here at this mountain. Don't get stuck at the same mountain. I want to tell you today that God's plan for your life in 2022 is that you would not remain stuck at the same mountain. There's some mountains in your life that you've been at long enough. Okay. I'm going to talk about those in just a few moments in terms of some of those and what they are. You get to chapter 2 of the book of Deuteronomy, and I was just simply reading through Deuteronomy, and I landed in chapter 2 after obviously finishing chapter 1 and realized God a second time said this to his people. In fact, it was a different set of circumstances. They had now left Mount Mount Sinai. They tried to make their way to the promised land, and of course, they had failed to go into the promised land, and they'd wandered around a wilderness for how many years? Forty years. And so God speaks to them again in the second set of circumstances, and notice what he says to them very similarly. Then we turned back and set out toward the wilderness along the route to the Red Sea as the Lord had directed me. For a long time, notice that a long time, we made our way around the hill country of Seir. Then the Lord said to me, you have made your way around this hill country. What does it say? Long enough, turn north or It's time for you to go forward. It's time for you to advance. I want you to think with me for a moment in your life. Would you agree with me that in certain areas 
of your life. It's time for you to move forward. And God's word to us, dear church, in this new series, in this new season of the year, is that God's plan for your life is forward. God's will for your life is for you to begin to experience progress in your life. Some of you have been stuck in certain things in your life for an extended period of time, and I'm telling you that 2022 can be the year that you get unstuck. That 2022 can very well be the year that you begin to advance to a new level with God that you've never experienced before. You never perhaps even dreamed that you could experience. But if you'll cooperate with God, see, God can't move you forward. God can call you forward, but you have to make the choice to move forward with God. It is a cooperative effort. But I want you to know tonight. I want you to get this deep in your heart that God's word to us as a church family and the word that I believe he wants me to deliver to you in this new year is that God's plan for your life is for some forward advancement. You have some progress ahead of you in 2022 if you'll cooperate with God. Here's the second principle I want to share with you this evening. Everybody got the first one? What's God's will for your life? Progress. Second one, notice this. Progress doesn't always look like progress. Let that sink in for a moment. Progress doesn't always look like progress. So we have this perception of what progress is. We think, well, we're really progressing in life if we're moving toward maybe greater success or maybe some kind of blessing that we wanted in life in a a certain way, or we are arriving at a particular professional objective that we've had. We think that progress really is defined by those things, but and certainly those are a part of progress. But I want you to know that God defines progress differently, and God will often use different methods and means to produce progress, and progress from God's perspective doesn't always look like progress to us. Sometimes it looks very different to us. Sometimes with God, progress is to bring you to a standstill in certain areas of your life just to get your attention. Sometimes God will bring you to places where he puts you on the background of life. You sort of feel like you've been set on a shelf for a while. You feel that your life is kind of an anonymous life, that God's maybe not working in your life. Sometimes God will allow things like delays in your life. You wanted something to happen. It's not happened according to your timetable. God sometimes closes doors. We like to talk about God opening doors, but sometimes God closes doors as well. And when he closes a door for your life, sometimes that's progress. Because had you stepped through a door, then what would have happened in your life could have been very detrimental to your life. And God uses all these things in life that sometimes we would rather him not use in our life because what looks like progress to us doesn't always look like progress to God. God uses, as the old statement says, God's, God works in, in mysterious ways his wonders to perform. Have you experienced that in your life? I'm sure you have. Let's talk about another couple of illustrations because so, some of you are here tonight. You're saying, you know what, I, I want to go forward, but it doesn't feel like much is really happening in my life. And maybe that's the very thing that's resulting in what's going to produce progress in your life. In the Old Testament, there was a man by the name of Joseph. Joseph, he was an incredible young man. He had a great dream given to him by God. 
His father loved him dearly, and his brothers were very jealous of him, and so his brothers uh, made a plan to destroy him, and finally they decided instead of killing Joseph, what we'll do is we'll sell him into slavery. We'll tell dad that he's dead. We'll give all the evidence that Joseph is da- dead, but, but we'll sell him into slavery, and they sold him down into Egyptian slavery where he ended up at the house of a man by the name of Potiphar. And at Potiphar's house, Joseph began to, to, to really succeed in lots of ways. Potiphar loved him dearly. In fact, the Bible says that Potiphar made Joseph really in charge of everything in his house, his primary manager or steward of everything in his house. And there was a moment when uh, Potiphar's wife tried to seduce Joseph, and Joseph refused the seduction. And because of that, she accused him of rape, and he ends up in prison. So he goes from dad's house being a favored son into, if you will, slavery uh, with, the, with, the, with, the, with his brothers selling him into slavery. He ends up in Potiphar's house. Then he ends up into, in the Egyptian prison. And all this happens over a period of 13 years. Would you agree with me? If you're a, you're a shining example of potential success as a 17-year-old kid, and then you spend 13 years in prison, that doesn't look like progress. Would you agree with me? Okay. You know what was happening during those 13 years? During those 13 years, God was working inside of Joseph. He was forming his character. He was giving him an Egyptian education because he was in the prison of the, of the Pharaoh of Egypt. So he's learning all about Egyptian culture because God had a plan for Joseph. The plan that God had for Joseph was not that he would stay in prison, but that one day the favor of God would come upon him in a very unique way, and he would end up being second in command, the prime minister of Egypt. Why? Because he walked through his difficult season that didn't look like progress, but it was progress. Look at these stories in Acts chapter, chapter, chapter 7, how it describes it here. Because the patriarchs were jealous of Joseph, they sold him as a slave into Egypt. But God was with him and rescued him from all his troubles. He gave Joseph wisdom and enabled him to gain the goodwill of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. So Pharaoh made him ruler over Egypt and all his palace. But what I want you to notice here, they were jealous of Joseph. They sold him as a slave in Egypt. And then he ultimately becomes what? The ruler over Egypt. Egypt and all of his people. So he's, he's sold as a slave. And what does he end up being? Are you with me here? Didn't look like progress, right? He's sold into slavery, but he ends up being a ruler. But here's what we often forget. There were 13 years in between those two. And how Joseph handled those 13 years, extremely important. Think about Jesus for a moment. Does anyone remember how old Jesus was when he began his ministry? Jesus was 30 years old when he began his ministry. Does anyone remember how long Jesus ministered? About three years, at the most three and a half years. So God took 30 years for Jesus to have a three-year ministry. Doesn't look like progress, does it? 
But we have to embrace the reality that progress doesn't always look like progress. In the horticultural area of life, there's something called vernalization. You may have never heard that phrase before, but horticulturalists that is in the area of, of raising fruit trees and various kinds of trees and, and, and different flowering plants, they understand this thing called vernalization. And vernalization is the important element of the winter times for a seed. That there are many trees, especially fruit trees and flowering plants, that they will not flower, nor will they produce very much fruit unless they go through a winter season. And the colder the winter, the colder the winter season, the better the fruit will be. And it's true in our lives that sometimes God takes you and I through what I would call spiritual vernalization periods. He takes you through a winter time, and it doesn't seem like a lot of stuff is happening. All you can see is the dead limbs in your life. It doesn't seem like God is doing anything in your life, but God is at work. He's causing your roots to go down deeper, and he's causing some things to happen in that cold season of your life so that when the spring comes, you'll have fruit to bear that, are, that would be incredible fruit to bring glory and honor to God. Because God's will for your life is progress. His will for your life is that you would bear fruit. So progress doesn't always look like progress. But here's the third point for us tonight, this weekend. Here's a third one. Here's a caution for you. God uses delays in your life, as I just described in all three of those examples. But read the statement with me. Delays can become what? Disastrous. There's a time that God will use a delay in your, in your life, but there's also a time when that delay turns not from something that is healthy in your life that God is using in a certain way to where it becomes actually disastrous for your life. There's a time when you've been at a mountain long enough. There's times you've been through a winter long enough. Take a look with me again at Deuteronomy chapter 6, chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. It says, The Lord our God said to us at Horeb, You have stayed long enough at this mountain. In other words, you've been here for a period of time. I stopped you here. I brought you to this place. I taught you my law, but now you've been there long enough at this mountain. Break camp in advance, and here's the reason why, into the hill country of the Amorites, go to the neighboring people in the Arabah and the mountains and the western foothills and the Negev and along the coast to the land of the Canaanites and to Lebanon as far as the great river, the Euphrates. See, I have given you this land. Go in and take possession of the land the Lord swore he would give to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to their descendants after them. Here's what I want you to see that God said, now I brought you to Sinai. I stopped you there for a period of time because I was doing some stuff in you for that delay, that period of time that you were there. There was some vernalization going on in your life. I was getting you some rootedness in, in, in your relationship with me, but you've been there long enough. There's a promised land that God says I have in store for you. I hope you're getting this tonight. It's a promised land. You've been here long enough. And as surely as I would say to you this evening that some of you are perhaps in that winter stage of spiritual life. It seems that it's, it's dry and it seems it's dead. It seems like nothing is happening in your spiritual life and you're wondering what's going on. As surely as I'm just reminding you that sometimes those seasons do happen in all of our lives and they're good for us. Because progress doesn't always look like progress when it comes to God. 
But as surely as that's the case, there are others that are here tonight that in your life right now, God's saying, okay, you've been in this season long enough. You've been going around this mountain long enough. Now I want you to advance, break camp, and move forward. There's a promised land I have in store for you. Anybody ready to break camp and advance? Amen? Okay. It's exactly what God said to them. Same principle here you see in the second passage that I shared with you a moment ago. Deuteronomy 2, 2 and 3. Then the Lord said to me, you've made your way around this mountain long enough. Now turn north. Now north was the direction again of the promised land. God said, I want to lead you forward because you're, you're about to get stuck. You're about to get stuck in a place where I don't want you to be stuck. It's served a purpose in your life. You've been there for a season, but I don't want you to get stuck because that territory that might have originally been a blessing to grow you can become a curse that will destroy you if you don't rise up and begin to move forward. And there are many of us that have been going around the same mountain long enough circling the same set of situations long enough and God says I want to move you forward in 2022 let's talk about some of the things that you need to leave behind in 2022 I'm going to unpack a lot more of this as we go through this series together tonight sort of a foundational laying the principles out for us here number one it's time to break camp and move forward if you're living in disobedience to God right now Boy, it's quiet. True, right? If you're disobeying God in your life right now, that's a mountain you, want, you don't want to keep circling. Amen? What does it mean to disobey God? To disobey God means just not to do what God wants you to do in your life. And the reason that God gives us directions and God gives us instructions is not because he is, He's a mean God. He wants to rob us of pleasure and sort of take things away from our lives. No, disobedience always results in some level of curse in your life. It never brings about a blessing. It always brings about something that is a curse in your life. And so God says, if you're going around that mountain and the name of that mountain is called disobedience, it would be a really good time right now to make the choice to break camp and to advance and to stop going around that mountain any longer. Amen? For some of you, you're living at the mountain called resignation. Resignation is like I just give up. I fought these battles too long and hard. It's been difficult in my life. And so, you know, I'm just tired. And so I'm not going to fight anymore. I'll just give in to the reality, what what feels like a reality that this mountain is going to always be a part of my life. And so if you're you're circling a mountain called just give up, I'm done with this. I'm tired. I'm weary. I'm just going to quit the journey. Not going to try anymore. That's a mountain you need to break up with tonight. Amen. That's a mountain you need to leave behind. Here's the third one. If you're living in the mountain around, if you're circling a mountain called condemnation, the mountain of condemnation is that, 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 that feeling of guilt that you can't shake in your life where the enemy is reminding you over and over again of your failures. It, it is a mountain that you've been at long enough because the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And so it's a mountain that you want to break camp from and advance and go forward. It's not a good mountain. It's a mountain of destruction in your life. It's not something that you want to keep circling. Let's go to the next one. It's a mountain called apathy and complacency. Apathy and complacency is just when you've kind of lost your concern, your passion for God. 
that that first love that you used to have for God is just not there anymore, and you're kind of just struggling along, and it's just doing the religious things, and maybe still doing the same things you've always done, but you just don't have that fire burning inside of you like you once had. There was a time in your life when you were burning with a love for God. You loved His Word, and you enjoyed picking up His Word and reading it. You enjoyed your times of prayer, but over the years, maybe because of just busyness or a variety of things, you've become apathetic, and you've become complacent in your life, and you're wondering, where did the fire go? I'm here to tell you that God is the God that can rekindle your fire, okay? He can rekindle your fire. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.